Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Court Todd Sunoff Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Hamoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, we got UC Vegas 60 to go over. We got to talk about Bellator 283 going down from Ireland. We got to talk about Canelo Alvarez defeating Gennady Golovkin, as well as a boatload of news about MMA and boxing and more. Before we get into all of that, we, as always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, just go to SoundOff at checkout. Just go to SoundOff at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Guys, I got to admit, I'm going on vacation this weekend. Um, going to have some fun and it's a bit of a drive, but guess what? I'm going to have my Rogue Energy shaker bottle with me, keep me fueled on the road. That's how it is. And you guys can also be fueled as well. If you go to RogueEnergy.com, use the code SoundOff at checkout. 10% off, support us, and uh, support yourself as well. Get some nice. Last Saturday night from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, the Bantamweights, Corey Sandhagen and Song Yadong going to war in the headliner. Uh, look, man, going in, we kind of all knew this is going to be the way to find out if Song Yadong is, is uh, legit or not. Or, or not. Um, in terms of, like, the top five, I guess you could say, because we know that he's a good fighter. But we don't really know if he was kind of at that top five level. His best win is obviously Marlon Moraes, who we will talk about later. Um, but in terms of finding out if he's kind of uh, obviously at the age of 24, if he's legit enough to break out of the top five. Uh, look, man, we learned a lot. And we know that um, even though he did not come out on top in this one, we learned that this kid is a legit. He's going to be a future contender. Uh, this fight was incredible. Uh, Corey Sanhagen ends up getting the win after four rounds via Dr. Stoppage. Um, the doctor all night just saying fucking, just going full, just bleed. Uh, <laughs> this fight could have been stopped, and other fights could have been stopped way earlier uh, due to some cuts, but they let this one go. I believe going into the fifth round, Sandhagen was either up on the cards or it was tied. I know that there were kind of um, different... Um, there were The judges had this one kind of split down the middle. Angel, as far as the fight goes for you, what do you think about Sandhagen? What do you think about Yudong? And how do you have that one scored going into the fifth and final round? You know, I wish, I, you know, I'm pissed because I was keeping track of the scorecard and on verdict, you can't redo your scorecard. So after I did it wrong, I was like, fuck, it's chalked. It's not going to look right. So I, I stopped doing it after the first round because I gave Sanhagen the first round on accident. I meant to give it to Son. But uh, I didn't actually, I was actually going to keep track of one for this one. I didn't end up doing it because I got triggered. But uh, as far as the actual fight itself, I mean, look, it was a great performance by Corey Sanhagen. Let's just be honest. Went in with a good game plan. He, man, he's just so fucking good, dude. He's really that guy. I, I picked against him just because I, uh, one of my favorite things to do, man, is when you get the underdog pick, right? You know, when you get the underdog pick or you get a close fight, right? Like, but it's one that you're like, eh, and then if in hindsight the other guy wins or whatever, it's still a surprise or whatever it may be. Uh, and, uh, and we saw, dude, you know, man, he he's not far from, you know, being there yet. But he's so young that it doesn't even matter. You know, he didn't really lose anything. And Corey gained from it, which is good, because obviously he's in a tough position, obviously fighting Piotr on Tronois, but having a hell of a performance. Uh, and then with that, and also, you know, he had the loss to Aljamain, but that was, there's a 
fair bit of time in between that and the Aljamain's title, you know, fight and the whole Oscar performance, whatever you want to call it, right? A lot's happened since then. And he had to fight with TJ, which was a banger, which I thought he won, and TJ's obviously fighting for the title. The thing is, he put himself almost in a position where he locked himself out. But if you could string them together here, stop some of these young guns on the way up, then, you know, it gets a little interesting. I mean, shit, dude, you're telling me Cheeto Vera versus uh, Corey Sandhagen doesn't sound like violence at its finest? Yeah, exactly. And that's something I was going to bring up uh, later is that's the fight that Corey won. Cheeto, Cheeto said that uh, he's down for it as well. That fight makes a lot of sense, man, um, especially given the state of the division right now. Obviously, um, next month we got the big title fight between Aljo and uh, TJ. And then we have Pirion and um, O'Malley. But outside of that, there's not really – I mean, I mean there's a lot of riding on those two fights, yeah. though, depending on the outcomes. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. But let's say hypothetically Aljo wins and then Piotr Jan wins. I don't think they're going to run that trilogy. It'd be a good time for to be Corey Sandhagen or Marlon Chito Vera is all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, man. And there's a couple of outcomes that are like that. So, um, remains the scene. But, yeah, man, as far as that fight between Sandhagen and Chito goes, that's going to be an absolute banger. I mean, as of right now, I mean, who are you leaning towards in that matchup? So I think that's about as 50-50 as it gets, in my opinion, especially if it's five rounds. I think Sanhagen. I mean, obviously, with Navarro, he can get too much down. I mean, we know Cheeto can be. He has an interesting pace where you you would call him slow, but if you want, it's more of a, a steady buildup, which is kind of like Piotr's, but it's different. It's not the same. He, he's he's a guy who's willing to take his time to to get to finish. Mm-hmm. Where and then Corey, who I wouldn't say struggles to finish. He just because of his frame, he doesn't generate the same amount of power, but his advantage comes in his size. And he can release volume in his technique. That's why he uses the elbows. That's why he uses the the knees right up the middle because he knows if he's going to knock a guy out, it's going to be with head kicks, kicks, knees, body shots, you know, and then the ground, you know, submissions as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it right now, like you said, but um, I'd probably lean Sandhagen in that matchup. But if it's five rounds, dude. Uh, it is very possible for Cheeto to go ahead and pull off the win. Hey man, um, but I'm Josh. I mean, you yeah. got to think about it too. Last time we saw Corey Sagan, Corey Corey Sanhagen go five rounds, it was on short notice against Piotr Gunn, and he put on a pretty good fucking performance without a a long fight cap. No, no, I agree, I agree. But I just think as Cheeto Vera is essentially the the ultimate five round fighter. I've never seen anybody who comes on better in the championship rounds. No, it's got in, in he's built for it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, um, if it's three rounds, I'd absolutely say San Diego. But if it's five rounds, man, I mean, shit, who knows? It, it'd, it'd be very interesting. But yeah, man, Corey, Corey getting it. This is kind of like the the main event of UC Vegas 60. It is one of the rare fights where I felt like both guys came out looking better. Like, there was not, even though, like, on, you know, the official result is Song Yadong lost. I don't feel like that at all. I thought Corey looked great. I thought Song looked great, even, to, even in defeat. I feel like his stock only rose. I mean, what do you think about that? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's the age, man. That age is such a big thing. Because if someone was uh, 29, 28, I mean, obviously still young, but we'd be like, eh, you know, like, it's, you know, he should have, you know, whatever it may be, right? But he's, what, like 26, 24, something like that? Yeah, 24, I, mean, this, I believe. This guy has another 12 years in this division, which is scary if he's this good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is he has a lot of time. And the crazy thing is he appears to be getting really good really fast. So probably the best time for Corey Sandhagen to fight him. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, very pumped for both these guys in the future. But 
Uh, overall, man, very solid card. Let's go ahead and move down to the co-main event. This fight was very, very interesting. Um, specifically, in terms of Chidi and Jaguani, Gregory Rodriguez, two guys that are at middleweight that are trying to kind of break, maybe not at the top of the team, but show that even though they are kind of around the age of 30, guess what? They're going to have a second prime. You hear me, Angel? Chidi looked like that, man. And through one round, he looked phenomenal. And Gregory Rodriguez had an insane cut. And like I said, the doctor said, fucking just bleed uh, tonight. Um, and in, not tonight, well, on that night, I guess I should say. But, dude, in the second round, Gregory Rodriguez comes back from behind and gets a knockout himself, dude. Insane, insane fight. Um, ended up being the fight of the night. They both got 50K. What they deserve it. Yeah. Fucking banger. I mean, I said it, man. It was an end and a finish. And... Weirdly enough, Josh, there's another one where I don't think Chidi lost, Chidi lost stock. You know? Cause he, he showed that he could be an exciting fighter. He got back up to his feet multiple times. He, uh, he hurt his opponent. And then obviously his opponent looked good too, cause he got to come back from behind to win. I mean, if you're watching that, you're like, I want to see that guy fight again. And I want to see that guy fight again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And both these guys, we knew going in that both these guys come to bang and they both put on fun fights, especially Chidi. I mean, I've, I've talked before about that guy, and I could not be happier for him to have his current UFC run. Obviously, he'd come up short here, but, dude, both these guys, very entertaining. And that middleweight, I mean, middleweight's kind of a weird division right now. I mean, obviously, we got Izzy, got to be finding Alex Bahia, but outside of that, that division is entirely open. So yeah. Just I mean, needs one guy to run through it, right? Exactly. I'm not saying that guy will be Gregor Rodriguez and Chidi Njigawani, but they both looked really good last Saturday, so... Uh, very impressed by both guys in that one. Super fun fight. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, not in in terms of names, not a not a whole bunch of huge names on here. In terms of fights, man, a lot of fun fights that happen on this card. So, which ones are you most looking forward to talking about? Oh man, Anthony Hernandez, dude. Ever since submitting, uh, oh my god, uh, Rodolfo Vieira, he's just got a debt. Jiu-jitsu bugging him, man. He came back again, arm uh, triangle choke on his la- on his last opponent here. Uh, wow. I mean, uh, there was something about that. It was like that. That's cool to see, man. You know, and his little story of him being, you know, a tubby kid losing all his weight, fighting and and fighting himself here. That it's just awesome, man. And now he's he has three in a row. He had like like four fights in a row get canceled. I mean. We hadn't seen him since the start of last year, back in February. It was, it was February 13th. I'm looking at it right now. And he's fought twice this year. Uh, feels good to see him back, man. He, he's a fun and exciting guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. He is. He's really going to – I mean, like you said, ever since he, he submitted Hodolfo Vieira, he's just come on, dude. This is a kid that is only 28. we got to remember that. He has shown a lot of potential, and he's he's another guy like we just talked about Song Dong, obviously you know four years older. But Fluffy's coming on, and he's getting good really fast, dude. Um, ever obviously he came into the UFC, knocked out Jordan Wright, and he he had mixed mixed success. He lost to Marcus Perez and Kevin Holland, but he's won three in a row, and he's looked very very good in those fights. So very impressed by him, uh, and especially submitting Mark Andre Barriol, who's a good guy in his own right. So. Um, Excellent win by him. Want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to Andre Feely. You know this kid. You, you really, I say kid. He's 32 now, which is kind of crazy to think about. He's been around in the game. He's been in the UC for nearly a decade, um, and he's still putting on incredible fights. I don't understand how that 
fight was a split decision. His fight with Bill Algeo, I thought it clearly won. Um, what do you think about that one? I saw Andre Fila going off about that decision in the post-fight press conference. I mean, he won that fight, man. Like I told, like I tell you, it sounds really shitty, right? Because you never want it to have. You never want to be in that scenario where obviously it's close because it should be clear who won, right? For the most part, obviously there's clear but close fights, right? Mm. And uh I mean, at the end of the day, man, just be happy you got the win because <laughs> you got it, man. Obviously, it sucks that that you could have been a there, there could have been a world where you don't get your money, but be glad you don't live in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Definitely be that, outspoken for the 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 principle, you know. Yeah, and thankfully this one did not go the wrong way. I'm very happy to see Andre Feely get that hard earned win. But dude, there's got to be some sort of accountability, man. I mean, it is crazy we have this conversation like every single week, whether it's a bad call or a split decision that should have just been unanimous. I feel we have this conversation every single fucking week. But um, regardless, man, at least Andre Feely got the win, and Bill Algio, he's kind of emerging like. I mean, if you look at his his run in the UFC, and he's only been in the UFC for roughly, you know, two years now, three if you want to get down to his uh, fight on the Contender Series. Really, this is a guy that's had all bangers. So um, I'm happy to see him still staying in the UFC. I mean, putting, on, putting up a fight against Andre Feely, he's very good in his own right. No shame in losing that one. So both those two guys super entertaining. I was, not, I was a little bit surprised that they did not end up, um, how can I put this? Going into this one, I thought for sure this is an instant fight of the night, but ended up being Rodriguez and Jokowani. But still, they put on a really good fight, Feely and Algeo, so it is what it is. Um, Joseph Pfeiffer, we kind of knew about this kid. It's like a, a huge prospect. I believe he was the biggest favorite on the card. And he goes in there and shows why he was such a huge favorite. He knocks um, Alan Omdomsky. Omdomsky? He's Macedonian. I don't know. Uh, he gets knocked out. Uh, and, uh, look, dude, this kid, this kid looks like the real fucking deal, man. What do you think about his performance? And afterwards, he kind of, he kind of hit, he made some headlines because he decided to hit back at a lot of UC fighter pay stuff. He said that Dana put him up in a house for a year, let him train, and, uh, talked about that sort of stuff. He kind of hit back at the idea that UC fighters aren't paid well. So what do you think about his performance and also his subsequent comments? I mean, I will say this. Dana did that because he liked him, and he likes the way he fights, you know? Uh... I'm sure if he didn't like him, or didn't, the dentist didn't like him, but just he was another name on the roster, I don't think he'd do all that for him. He was no, a big well, fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was a big fan of him on the Contender Series. He liked the way he fought. He liked the style. He even said, he's like, you know, you saw the, all the edits that they had uh, leading, I think it was leading into that fight. Uh, they had like a little pre-edit thing, like, of Vienna being like, fight someone like Joe Pfeiffer, be like Joe Pfeiffer. No one, everybody should strive to be like, you know? I don't know if he saw it. It was like, that's interesting. They did this for a guy who is having his, I think, technically debut in the promotion, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think, uh, that's, that's why I thought that was kind of, kind of dumb that, um, was, that he made those comments. I'm like, dude, he, he, just because Dana likes you does not mean that that's indicative of, uh, the whole fighter pay situation at the moment. Like, we've never once heard, I mean, granted, Dana likes this kid, but that is far from the norm. So, uh, and, and look, yeah. we we do got to give credit to Dana every now and then because he will, you know, treat certain guys like our boy Chris Barnett, who missed weight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, loss of his loved one, you know, he helped him out, you know, mm-hmm. financially, which they don't have to do at all, realistically, right? Yeah, but they did for him, and that's very, you know, that's very caring. 
That is. That is. And I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. That, I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. That, 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 that's a Giga Chad moment, you know? Like, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they should take care of more fighters. I'm not. I don't have a problem with they took care of him, but yeah, man, I thought it was kind of a little bit tone deaf to make those comments. But as far as a fighter and his performance, uh, I was gonna make a very insensitive joke. I'll tell you afterwards. Type it in the chat. Uh, okay. uh continue. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, so uh, Joe Piper, dude, as far as performance goes, about as appropriate as he gets. First-round knockout. Um, Alan Odowski, that's it for his UFC run, uh, 0-4. So that's that's tough, man. But, um, yeah, anyway, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, our boy Tanner Bogs are coming up short via split decision. Um, he, <laughs> yeah, um, he... Uh, there was a sick little sequence there at the end by him. Like, he is, he's a dog, man. Yeah, he is. He is a dog. And, and dude, he came in, sh- he came in shredded. For this fight, it looked like he had some fucking uh, <laughs> dude was like fucking peeled out of his fucking tree. My dude, guy. he's making like, that UFC he, money now, dude. He knows he has to take care of his body. Yeah, and I hope and that's three of his last four. So I hope they're taking care of him. You know, I hope that Dana puts him up in a house or something because I don't want to see him leave the UFC. You know what I mean? He's uh, entered when he fought. He dude, he fought like every month there for like a year ago for them, dude. Yeah, I, I remember he fought. Yeah, I looked it up right now. He he had three fights in like five months. Yeah, knocked out Felipe wins, yeah. knocked out Rafael Persosa, and then lost Arlovsky. Nevertheless, at heavyweight, which I mean, on heavyweight you can do that, but you know what I mean. Still, like with the yeah. risk. Yeah, yeah, true. So, but I do hope that he can take care of him. I hope he doesn't, you know. And this is a close fight too. So, um, and then obviously, Rodrigo Nascimento got on the mic and asked for Canelo tickets, which was <laughs> pretty funny. Um, I wonder a lot of people him. didn't like it, but I was like, you know, I mean, come on. I'm pretty sure the guy's just making a joke. But regardless, um, Damon Jackson knocked out Pat Sabatini on the under. This would surprise me, dude. Yeah. But I was, I was surprised at how easy it was, honestly. No, but, but you know something? I, you, you, you learned, Josh, you never doubt a man when he's hurt. Right? That's the one thing I've well, learned. I'm sure to not to doubt Damon Jackson. This motherfucker is like five and like won five of his last six in the UFC. His only loss is to Ilya Taporia. So this dude's a bad man, you know? Dude, dude, no, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, if I would have picked a fight to bet on, it probably would have been like that. I wasn't like, uh, I was on the undercard or whatever. I would have been like, oh, dude, I would definitely put money down on him. Uh, yeah, I did not expect him to get knocked out like that. But I mean, it was, it was the way it happened and the sequence. I mean, it made sense. You know, he, you got to get caught up a little bit there, but the guy threw up the kick. You got to be prepared at all times, man. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how it goes. It was just a sick finish, and credit to him because uh, I think he had lost the one before, right? Um, who? Damon Jackson? Yeah. No, no, no. He's he's uh, he's won four in a row, my guy. Oh what? Damn. Oh, yeah. he beat Daniel Argetta. I forgot. Daniel Argetta came on short notice. Yep. Didn't cut weight down to one thirty-five. Instead, fought at one forty-five. Which, I mean, give Daniel some credit. He did some work there, but. He did. He did. But, uh, yeah, man, Damon Jackson, four in a row. So, okay. I, lo- I, love to see- I love to see that, man. Um, he kind of Break emerged. The oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, I don't see how you can't give him a ranked opponent next, honestly. But It's in Barbosa? Isn't Barbosa. Who is Barbosa fighting next? I know that he already has a fight. Oh, next, but- did he get scheduled? Oh, man. Yeah, he is going to be fighting. T- Ilya Taporia. Next that got month. announced too not long ago. Yeah, um, next month, so that'll be fun. But yeah, man, I do. Regardless of uh, an I do think that he deserves a ranked opponent next. Um, but yeah, man, as far as the card goes, Kevin Giles picked up a winner release. Uh, Luis Cosi 
Uh, a little bit disappointed in that kid, honestly. I remember when he debuted in the UC, and I, I'm pretty sure he actually came off the contender series. Um, and thinking like, you know what, this kid, this kid's got some potential, you know? Uh, he's lost two in a row, and, um, yeah, one of those was a banger against Sasha Politnikov, but that was a really bad upset loss, and they lost to Trevin Giles. We'll see what happens with him next, but, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, Loma Lokenby defeating short notice replacement Dean Scovitt. Afterwards, Loma getting on the, um, in the post fight interview talking about how she was suicidal after her last fight, how she's dealt with a lot of stuff. Man, if there's a, if there's a fighter to root for in terms of women's MMA, in my opinion, it's Loma Lokenby. She has not had a boring fight since coming to the UFC in 2019. Uh, super entertaining fighter. I hope that she keeps, like, her mental, her mental state well. Still only 26 years young. That's uh, scary, man. Yeah, so it's very young. One three of her last four, two with that only loss being to Lupita Godinez. So very interesting fighter at 115. Um, Troy Ogden defeating Daniel Zuber. Uh, Zell Huber. I'm not sure you pronounce it. Zell Huber. Zell Huber. Thank yeah. you. Um, he, got a, he got reality checked. Yeah, he did. Which is perfectly fine for a kid is for being twenty three year olds and being undefeated. I mean, it's I think if anything, it's a great thing to have. I didn't think he looked bad either. I just thought that's that's know. the thing. It was just like, hey, bro, you're good. You just need some work, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? um, he he was tough. He was fighting. He was coming forward the whole time. He was just getting punched on the other end. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of uh, looking good but needing work, um, my girl Maria Agapova. Oh, I, dude. I, uh, yeah, you gotta give credit to Jillian Robertson, though, dude. No, they, dude, they were trying to fucking kill each other. <laughs> in that first round, when Maria Agapova was dropping those fucking elbows, but then in round spot. two, when Jillian Robertson comes back and nearly chokes her to death, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude! Like, it's just, I mean, it was a, it was a fun fight, man. I mean, credit to her. I mean, she got the submission. She did. She did. And um, you know, I knew going into this one, it was gonna be a tough night for. Uh, Maria Agapova. Not only is it a bad stylistic matchup, I was on an interview with her where she was talking about how she needs to fight because she has a really bad injury, but she can't get surgery on it because she hasn't, you know, fought in a while, so she needs to get money to have the surgery. But she's probably gonna lose. So, yeah, it was a tough. It was it was a tough night for. Her. Um, I don't think she looked bad. I mean, I still think she has a lot of potential, but she really has to work on her grappling uh, to remain a contender. But yeah, I think I think she, I think she'll be fine to, down the line. She's still only 25 years old. June Robertson is also a deceptively old 27 year old. I thought she's been in the UC for like years. She's only 27, so she's been she's been in the UC for a while though. Like how how old was she? Was she in the yeah, she debuted in 2017, so she would have been 22 years old. Wow, crazy. But I mean, I mean, John Jones was what 19, 20. Uh, I think he was 20 or 21. He's really young. Yeah. Champ at 23, though. He's so. He's a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, man. Overall, solid card. Oh, forgot to highlight one last one. Nicholas Mata knocking out Cameron Van Camp. Great performance by him. I saw so, a comeback by him after his loss yeah. against, uh, was it Jim Miller? I believe so. Yeah. Great performance by him. Overall, man. Yeah. Solid fight night card. Solid fight night card. Uh, UFC is actually off this week. They're not going to be back until October 1st. That is another Apex card. Um, headlining mm-hmm. that one is yep. Mackenzie Dern, Yan Jaunan. And then the co-main event, we still, I know we talked about it, I think last week. Sadiq Yusuf is going to be fighting on that card against short notice replacement Don Shinus, who I believe is a former CFFC guy. Yep, something like that. Excuse me, caged. Uh, he fought on Looking for a Fight. He also fought in Bellator. 
and Cage Titans. He had a fun fact, he had a draw with Chris Mutino in his amateur career. So <laughs> shout out Chris Mutino. Shout out Chris Mutino. Um but yeah, man. So yeah. UC's gonna be off for uh this week. But it's all good, Angel. It's all good. We Isn't got sad some, though. You know that I mean? the UC's it's off? It's always sad. You know what I mean? It's always like dang, they're gone. It, it, it sometimes I feel like oh man it would be nice to have a break and then when there's no UC I'm like fuck but then when you know he's I mean? back you know <laughs> yeah and and the worst part is that there's no there's no big I mean I guess there is some boxing this weekend and there is some MMA but like the Bellator cards happening Friday like it's it's not a whole lot this weekend on Saturday I mean so um you know it is what it is. But as as far as the Bellator card going down on Friday, man, Bellator 285, also known as Bellator Dublin, going down from the Three Arena in Dublin, Ireland. Dude, this card has some fucking names on it, man. I'm very excited for this event. Um, so I guess we'll just go ahead and start off with the main event. Peter Queeley taking on Benson Henderson in the five-round headliner. Both of these guys near the top of the Bellator lightweight division. Peter Queeley has been out of action since his title shot against Pachiki Fellier uh, last November. Came up short via TKO in the second round. Um, but still, he did have one of the greatest entrances of all time before that fight. So I, I'd say it evens out, you know, uh, um, when he came out to Zombie. So, yeah, now he's returning back home to Ireland once again. Taking on former UFC and WC champion and former Bellator title challenger, Benson Henderson. It looked like Benson's career was, I mean... Had a, I mean, it looked like he was going kind of down, honestly, man. There's no easy way to put it. He had lost three in a row. He got knocked out by Michael Chandler. I mean, he put a, he put the he put him out, man. And for Benson, that's pretty rare to see. Then he got dominated by Jason Jackson. Did have a really fun fight against Britt Pimmons, but came up short. And then he's facing, I believe, I don't know if he's undefeated at the time. He might have had one loss, but Islam Mamadov, and he just put on a performance for the ages, came back, uh, upset loss, and he ends up winning that one by decision. Now, Trying to get back to that title shot. Very interesting fight here. Number three taking on number five. What do you think about this one, man? I think it's going to be a very fun fight on Friday. It's a banger, honestly. In Ireland, obviously, Peter, obviously great for him, right? Obviously, in front of the home country. We know how that crowd gets. They love him. And uh, he's just about to put on a banger. Uh, for Benson, though, I'm curious to see him, man. Age, uh, it's just a factor at this point, right? Like, every fight, that's something you got to go into. He's like, he's sticking in it. But he slowed down a bit. But how much? How much? How much is it going to be in the next one? In the next one, and the one after that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. At 38 years old, and soon to be 39. I mean, time is time is the end. It's if he's fighting a 30 year old kid who's in his physical prime, has had some good performances. Obviously, the Pitbull loss wasn't too long ago. It was a year, almost a year ago. Uh, two months to go. Uh, but uh, we're here now, back in Ireland. For Peter, it's a good time to get redemption, get back on track, find himself in that title position. For Vincent Henderson, though, dude, like you said, you kind of laid it out how the romance been going, kind of where he, how he's ended up here, the impressive win. Uh, man, I, I, I think it's a Vincent Henderson's time. Man. I think you think he's gonna come out here, shock uh, Dublin, you know, and, you know, shock mm-hmm. them. He's gonna shock the crowd. I don't think he's, you know, he's not gonna shock the world. But the people are obviously there to support. He's a uh, is the Irish counterpart. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come out here. And I think he's going to have a heck of a performance, man. I think he's actually going to make a statement this time. You think he's going to pick up the win? You think, you think he gets it done via finishing? I, I, you know something? I see a finish, Josh. Oh, I, shit. I think I had a dream. 
<laughs> yeah. Round two. No, it's kidding. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, actually. I think Benson Henderson can come out of here, and I think he's going to make a statement, man. Um, he... It, it looks like that that last fight kind of re- re-energized him, honestly. Like, he was facing this young lion who, I, like I said, I don't remember if he was undefeated or if he had one loss. But regardless, I know Benson was a huge underdog. And he goes out there and shocks him. And he was like, you know what, man, I'm going to head to Eagle FC next. Like, he was making some jokes. It seemed like he was in a great mood. But you haven't seen out of Benson in a long time. I mean, he had won a fight since December 2019. Um, I think he's going to continue to do a similar thing. I, I don't know the betting line on this one. I'm sure it's close. I think Benson's going to get the win. It's not really a shot at Peter Quilly. I think Peter Quilly kind of lucked out in, in a way, getting that uh, Dr. Stoppage win against Pachuki. If I remember correctly, he was down on the scorecard going into that one, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like Peter Quilly. He's like an action fighter, but I don't think he's at the top of the spell tour division. I think he's kind of overranked due to that uh, Dr. Stoppage win back in May of 2021. So, yeah, man, I think he's going to go ahead and Benson's going to get the win here. Might, might even be by stoppage. Um but regardless, I know that he's going to make a statement for sure. And uh, maybe even get himself into a title shot. I mean, shit, dude, weirder things have happened. So um, he's not he, – it's crazy to think about because he's lost, like, what, through his last four, and he's only – you know, he's looked rough. Still ranked number three. So, uh, yeah, man, he's close. Very, very close. But in terms of uh, Bellator, man, the main and the co-main here are – Probably the best that they've done in a long time. Like Bellator, they have that problem where like sometimes they'll have like a good fight or they'll have a good overall card, but it feels like there's always like some sort of like massive drop off somewhere in the card. This card does not really have that, especially on the main card. But the main and the co-main event, there's no drop off whatsoever. In fact, the co-main event could arguably even like fucking main event the card. Uh, Yoel Romero taking on Melvin Manhoff at 205 pounds. And guess what? It is going to be the last fight of Melvin Manhoff's career. <laughs> what um, a fucking way to go out, dude. Exactly. 46 years young, ranked number nine in the Belter Light Heavyweight Division. He has not fought since that um, TKO loss to Corey Anderson when he helped uh, welcome Corey Anderson to Bellator back in 2020. He's been out of action since then. Uh, obviously, he went ahead and... Um, had to take some time off after he beat up a couple of guys who tried to rob his house back earlier this year. Uh, because he was supposed to fight in May, but then he went ahead and apprehended three burglars and broke his hand in the process. He was trying to rob his house. So, yeah, badass guy. But as far as his last fight goes, man, Moe Manhoff is a legend. One of the most, inter- one of the most entertaining fighters I feel pretty comfortable seeing in MMA history. I've never seen him in a boring fight. Uh, well, minus the Rafael Cavario fight back in 2016, which is still the worst decision I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, man, very excited for this one. Yoel said he's gonna win this fight, move down to 185, win the belt there, move up to 205, and win the belt there. I thought he was before, talking about moving up to heavyweight. Whoa, what? Before he can do all that, Angel, he has to beat Melvin Manhoff in his final fight. Do you think he gets it done? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> so you all said he's going to move back down to 185? Yeah, he said he laid out his plan last week, which I covered on BJPen.com. BJPen.com. Feel free to go ahead and go there. Can um, I get that one more time, Josh? I don't think I caught it. It was uh, BJPen.com, the greatest MMA site on the planet. We got a great team there. Cole Shelton doing our podcast. Uh, just scrap every single week. Incredible podcast. We also have great content on the YouTube channel, but especially on our website, we have tons of great writers. We just added our, my boy Zane Bond out of the team. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, man. We, Whoa, we, free shout-outs, Josh? I, 
Okay, I'll let it slide. Um, no, I'm just I'm just plugging the grades. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to you know check in with the courtside sound of uh, PR team about that one, but it's okay. Yeah, if it's, if it's a friend, it's understandable. Friend of the show, Zane. But uh, yeah, man, we we have a great staff. Anyways, I went and reported that uh, he he did an interview where he went and talked with. Him. He's like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna beat Melvin, and I'm gonna move down to 185 and win the title there, and I'm gonna become double champ at uh, 205. So that's his plan. If you told, if if you would have said this like maybe like five years ago, I could have believed it, you know. Regardless, that's a bold ass plan to be saying that to be forty five years old. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as that plan goes, I don't know about all that jazz. I mean, I will say this, fight, Josh. Though Nemkov, I'm just I'm just saying because Nemkov's technically the champ yeah. right now. Nemkov versus Yoel, holy fuck! <laughs> even even fucking Corey Anderson versus Yoel. That's a banger yeah. too. It is not out of the possibility that, I mean, you said he, that Nemkov's champ for now. I could absolutely see Nemkov coming back and beating Corey. I mean, yes. especially now forget, after people, actually fighting him. Yeah, people forget. I mean, that fight, like, Corey Anderson was coming down, coming on, like, down the stretch, but, like, he wasn't looking bad or anything. He was winning the early parts of that fight, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Very, uh, very excited for this fight. As far as, I guess I didn't get my prediction. I, I do think that, um. Yoel's gonna knock him the fuck out. Just say it, Josh. I mean, it's okay. I don't know if Yoel's gonna knock him out. You don't think Yoel can knock him out? No, no, I'm just saying I don't know that he will. I, I do think he'll beat him, though, for sure. So you think he'll go to distance with him? You know, fucking, I'll say, I'll say Yoel by finish, too. How about that? Oh, you watch But not in the same way. I, I think Josh's like submission. It's okay, I think Josh. Gonna, I think he's gonna take him down, probably get a T, wear him out, maybe TKO in the third. Okay, 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 okay. I don't think he's gonna knock him out um, on the feet because I think Yoel is he, he's he's a smart guy. I don't think he's gonna try and stand with him. Honestly, if there's a shot Melvin has to win this, it's on the feet. And I think. What if Yoel gets knocked out? Dude, Melvin could knock out anybody. That's the thing, though. That's that's why he's such a fun fighter and why he's you know. Imagine it's a, it's a damn it, shame. It's your time. I'm gonna have to check the betting odds after the afterwards on this. It's not impossible for him to do it. It's it, he could absolutely do it. So. Um, yeah, man. But I am going to go ahead and take Yoel probably by, by late stoppage, maybe decision. But regardless, I do think he gets the win. Um, in terms of uh, the rest of the card, man, some some good names on here, some very good fights. Which ones are you most looking forward to? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I got to start uh, with a guy who probably should have been in the 205 tournament when they were having a Carl Brexton, man. He's just that fucking guy. Dude, his fight with Yaks? Last year, but a banger. Yeah. So you got Carl Moore, which nine and two from Ireland. I mean, they always they always try to do this with you know, like you said, they bring in guys from around the promotion. Curious to see how that goes. I got a fun fact: Carl Moore fought Paul Craig. I just clicked on his record. He fought Paul Craig in twenty fifteen. Really? Yeah, he got submitted. I had no idea. That makes sense, though. Right. Uh, but yeah, Carl Brexit. I think at two hundred five. In Bellator, he's probably the most interesting guy. Uh, I agree. And I think he's the biggest question mark. I'll put it like that. Yeah. I'm shocked that he was not put into the tournament. He didn't want to step in on short notice against the Nemkov. Yeah. I mean, still surprising, though, but um, that he was in there to begin with. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, yeah, man, that is an excellent fight. And he's an excellent fight, so I'm glad you pointed that one out. Um, Surprised he's on the undercard, honestly, but uh, that was a weird one to me. 
Yeah, I mean, but I think Bellator does this a lot, where like they've had some bigger names on the undercard, maybe they're just trying to get them more attention, but it's still a little bit bizarre. Um, that's probably like one of the best fights on the card, but regardless. Um, Mads Brunel is going to be get back against Pedro Cavallo. That should be very, very fun. Um, Mads Brunel, obviously coming off that loss to Adam Borch, but besides that, he's undefeated in the Bellator cage. Obviously, a former uh, Cage Warriors champion, former UFC veteran, um, who, had a, who actually did not have that bad of a run there. He went one and two, but the losses were to Arnold Allen and Michelle, uh, Michael Pratt, Pizarres. I don't know. The, the fucking tractor. You know what I mean? The dude who was five six and fighting one eighty five and doing a damn good job. Um, so yeah, man, very excited to see Madge Burnell back. Uh, Leah McCourt, who looked like she was going to be like a potential like the next title challenger uh, until she lost to Sinead Cavanaugh earlier this year. She's going to be back against Diana Silva. Um, in a fight on the main card, Brett Johns is going to be on the undercard on the prelims. Interesting location for there. Well, he uh, lost his opponent, James Gallagher. Gallagher withdrew. Yeah, true, true. Um, which is a shame because that's probably like that was a fucking great fight. That would be like James, a banger. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like James Gallagher has had some bad luck with injuries lately. I feel like he's had to pull out of a couple of fights recently. Um, that's Kansas City's very own James Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Casey's own James Gallagher. So. Um, yeah, man, tough, tough luck for him, uh, but I am excited to see Brett Johns back in this one. Um, and lastly, the fat, last fight I want to go to highlight, Georgie Karaharian taking on Kane Wasa. Georgie Karaharian is kind of like, how can I put it? I can't think of like a UFC comparison for him. Oh, Maybe, dude, we, we talked about him, the boxer from uh, the Canelo card. Uh, oh, my God. Why oh, am I uh, Gabe Rosado? Gabe Rosado. Yeah. I believe that that's that's a great comparison. He's a guy that'll fight anybody, any given night, any time. Doesn't matter if it's lightweight, featherweight. I'm pretty sure he's even fought a bantamweight in the past or catchweight shit. Like he has fought everywhere. Um, he is slowing down, which is it's it's tough to see. But this guy's 37. Um, he's had 46 fights. It makes sense to be slowing down. It still sucks, but um, and, and especially his last two fights, he looked really really slow. Uh, so he gets Adam Piccolotti and Saul Rogers. So he's taking a bit of a step back. He's going to be fighting uh, Kane Musa um, on one of the first fights of the card. According to Wiki, it's the third fight on the card. And Kane Musa, if you're not aware of him, don't blame you. He's 13-4. and four. He's fought in Bellator in the past, but um, hasn't fought any real big names. So this is ultimately his chance to kind of move up to the top of the division. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, man, I'm happy to see George... Georgie Carhartt and back though. I hope he gets uh hope he gets at least one more before retirement. But yeah, man. Um, any other fights you want to talk about before we move on? One more, man. I got to shout him out just because he came in on short notice against Logan Storley. Dante Shiro. He won earlier this year. Look, did he get controlled by Logan? Yes, but Logan did struggle, which is something very important because Logan's been winning titles at wrestling since he was a middle schooler at a high school level. So it's impressive that he was able to do what he could against him on a, I, I believe, I, I believe it was short runs. I can't remember if it wasn't. Either way though, he impressed me just being able to tough it out, go to distance and not get finished by Logan and then come back actually this year and get a finish in the third round over his opponent. And then now we're seeing him here again in Ireland. So I hope I see another good performance out of Dante Shira. Absolutely. And I'm glad you went and highlighted that fight. Um, because, like, I mean, he gave him a really good fight, dude. Like, I remember being surprised at the time and thinking, like, oh, shit, maybe that's just, 
I'm it was like, a bad matchup, or maybe I'm just not. Maybe Logan was not as good as I thought, but you know, shit. I guess uh, you know, Dante Shear is actually the real deal. So yeah, and he's opening up the card, interestingly enough. So um, according to Wiki, which again, you know, can't really be sure about Wiki in terms of like fight order and shit, especially Bellator. I feel like Bellator has like 17 fights every single time they have a fucking card. But regardless. Um, yeah, man, that's all we got really to talk about on that one. Bellator is going to be back on October 1st. They're actually having like a relatively quick turnaround for them. Um, and that's a stacked card, dude. Patric- What's the main for that? Patricio Pitbull versus Adam Borch, Coleman event, AJ McKee, Spike Carlisle. Wow, wow, Aaron wow, Pico wow. versus Jeremy Kennedy's also on the card. So, and then Juan Ochoa versus Enrico Bozola. That's kind of a stacked main card for Bellator. It is. And then also on the undercard, they also got a couple of guys. JJ Wilson's going to be back versus Vladimir Tokov. Tuckoff, um, Lance Gibson Jr. is going to be fighting on that one. Hey. So, yeah, a lot of great That's, that's that. in the in the Giga Chat moment, Josh. Max Rushkoff. Oh, yeah, dude. I didn't even know. Yeah, Max Groshoff's going to be back. That's going to – that kid, man, I'm so happy to see that he's turned his career around. I thought it was so fucked up that he got cut from the UFC. He took that fight on, like, a week's notice. Gave him, honestly, a really good fight. People forget that fight against – I can't remember his name, but it was tied 1-1 going into third. It was Austin Hubbard. Yeah, Austin Hubbard took that fight on, like, a week's notice. And just, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty fucked up that he got cut after that one. But it's happy to see him turn his career around in Cage Warriors and now in Bellator. So, yeah, man. Let's see uh, the run. Let's see the run, baby. Exactly. Let's see the run, man. Let's see the run. Uh, should be fun. So, anyways. Um, yeah, that's all we got in terms of uh, fighting for this week. Uh, but we got some other fights to go over. Uh, not MMA, but boxing. Because uh, last Saturday night, from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, it was time for the trilogy. Canelo Alvarez taking on a 40-year-old Gennady Golovkin. And, uh, you know, Angel, we were kind of, like, lukewarm on the fight last week. Um, especially compared to, like, most people that I've seen. A lot of people were, like, hyped for this one. And I was like, man, have they not, have they not seen Gennady fight in a minute, man? Um, because as much as I love Gennady Golovkin, he is 40 years old. His last two fights taken a lot of damage, against, especially against Sergei Dvorachenko and uh, um, Murata, uh, Harata Murata. He took a lot of damage. He really slowed down in that one. Um, and in the end, dude, we weren't very and we were not very hyped for this one. And most people were. It ended up kind of reflecting well on us. So we kind of we knew what was going to happen here. Uh, in the end, it ends up being Canelo. It's a relatively easy unanimous decision. Uh, Gennady Glovkin didn't really even, we knew he's always been a slow starter his entire career, but he did not start fighting really until round seven. So, um, it was really like round nine. Yeah, but at least in near the end of round seven, he started coming on. I thought he actually had a relatively good first round as well, but there was a round where he teed off. Was that round nine? Round nine. Yeah. He really teed off. It was like, Oh, you're like, Oh shit. He might, he might come from behind, but yeah, man, in the end, Kennel ends up getting the win. The scorecards ended up being a lot closer than what most people had. It ended up being 115-113, and 116-112. Um, as far as the fight went, what did you think? And how also, how did you score it? Because I think most people had the fight a lot. Uh, they did not have it nearly as close as the judges did on Saturday. So what did you think? Look, this is the perfect example of a match where one guy is in his prime Currently, and he's peaking. He's peaking so hard, peaking to the max. He's at the pinnacle. He's he's on top of Mount Everest, and the other guy is exiting his prime. 
but he's exiting in general his career to an extent. And, and it's not like he, that Gennady's a, not interested in, in competing anymore. He's not willing to box anymore or not in love with it anymore. Because clearly he's still doing it. He wants to fight against the best competition. He wants to be involved in title matches. He wants to be in front of the crowd and all that. But his body is preventing him from being able to be as best as he can. And it's not because he's damaged. He's not damaged goods or anything. But it's simply because he's old. And it happens. Time catches up to you. It's that simple. Time catches up to everybody. And time has caught up to Gennady Golovkin. And it showed in that match, man. Because it took him having to open up and take risk in the ninth to get anything going. And look, it's going to sound very, you know, obviously it's easy to say in hindsight. Obviously when you're in front of the guy like Canelo Alvarez. But I do really wish he would have opened up and taken the risks. There was nothing to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I suppose. Um, yeah, man. I I mean, obviously, I I think it's it's a combination of things. I wish he would have taken more of a risk, but at the same time, I think he was aware that the only way he was going to end up winning that fight was if Canelo gassed out. Um, and uh, Canelo did, man. I think it was. I was surprised. Uh, in the, the B-ball fight, he also gassed out, but um, it was worse there. I should also say, but I thought it was like, oh, it was probably because you know the weight. You know what I mean? Him fighting up at 175 probably carried more mass. 168, dude. He, I was surprised to see that he gassed out. Granted, it wasn't as bad as the B-ball fight, but I think... Um, and it was yeah, a return probably, to 168, too. Huh? And I mean, it was a return to 168 as well. That is true. That is true. Um, they have to cut that weight again, but... Um, yeah, man. I thought, uh, in terms of, like, Gennady, I feel like most people, like... I feel like they haven't watched him in a while, man. Like, that was... Because Gennady Golovkin being slow and old is not a new thing. I mean, against Hiroto Morata, he was supposed to... He was supposed to, obviously, but we kind of, we kind of hitting that one. Most people thought he would just destroy him, but dude, he took a lot of damage against Murata. He didn't even start fighting until round like five in that one either. So it's like, what do you think was going to happen against Canelo Alvarez, man? Um, yeah, I mean, I saw some people were shitting on the fight saying like, oh, this fight sucked. Like, the fight, I didn't think the fight was bad, honestly. I just thought it was kind of like, if, if you're, depending on what your expectations were, especially considering the, the last two fights are bangers, but I mean, I don't know, man. It was just kind of disappointing. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want this fight to happen, because it's like, it, we didn't even get to see Gennady fight Canelo in his prime. Gennady was already past his prime when they fought the first time. He was 36. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man. It was just just it's, it's kind of shitty. But I am glad that Gennady got paid. He got paid 20 mil for this one. Not bad, right? Not, not bad. Not a, yeah, not a bad night at the office. He ended up getting, you know, the rounds that he should have got from the first fight in this one as well. So, uh, um yeah, I mean, I look, a lot of people were complaining about the judging. I mean, these were obviously incorrect scorecards. I think I, I think I gave Gennady four rounds, and I was being relatively generous with that. If you like, how many did you give him again? Like, you don't, I don't know if you like. Did you say how many rounds you gave him? No, 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 I didn't keep a scorecard. Yeah, that's what I thought. But um, yeah, man, I think anything probably four more than four is generous. But at the same time, it's like. Also, that one went down late as fuck, too, didn't it? Yeah, it ended up happening around, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, which I was kind of fucking tired of. I was like, man, dude, I already went through this with Gibb and uh, and, uh, McRoom, dude. I'm going to have to go through (laughs) it with Cadella and Gennady, and I was going through it. Yeah. uh, I I watched it pass the fuck out, dude. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know me, I love watching post-fight interview, all that. No, I was down. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure, but... 
Yeah, man. I mean, um, in terms of like judging people complain about the judges, but look, I'm not gonna cry for Canelo Alvarez in this in this trilogy when discussing judging, dude. Like at least at least he got the win he deserved. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, right. um, Gennady didn't did not get that win. Like, Could you imagine Gennady wins of the cards? I wouldn't give a fuck. I, unjust- I would literally unjustifiably. Not yeah, I mean, like I said, the first fight is legitimately. I mean, look, dude, like, I love boxing, but that shit was rigged. Like, the fucking Adelie Bird had his full card filled out before the fight started. Like, it's literally, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, that fight just makes me so angry. And especially after you watched it, like, last week for preparation for, the, like, the, the preview of the fight. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's it's still as bad. Like it wasn't like people are gonna alter the people are gonna alter this trilogy over time because Canelo won the final two fights or whatever. But it's like he deserved one win in the trilogy, so you know. Regardless. That's one of the reasons I didn't I was not excited for this fight. But regardless, Canelo did get the win, he deserved the win. Uh, he ended up winning uh via season. I mean I saw a lot of people were clouding. They're like, dude, he beat up an ancient forty year old man. I'm like, I mean yeah, but even that forty year old man could still kick some fucking ass. Let me tell you. And he and he's still the unified champion at one sixty. I think that's important to say as well. Yeah, so he's still gonna be. He's, he's gonna still have his mandatories. He's gonna still have his stuff to do when he decides to do. I feel like if he loses to someone who isn't like super high level, or someone who he's like, I feel like if or if he was like, if I'm in my prime, I beat this guy. He'll be like, he'll take he'll take a step back because I don't know. It doesn't seem like he wants to retire yet. No, no, I mean. Gennady said he doesn't want to. And at 160, I mean, he's only Charlo, I guess, especially considering he's now a free agent. Well, yeah, I mean, Charlo, I mean, Charlo could finally fight a name. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense in that way, but um, I don't think Gennady has much left. You know what I mean? It's kind of, we've seen the diminishing returns for the last few fights. That, and, that, um, and that's okay, man. That is yeah, it, he's 40, man, but I, I mean, you know. I just hope, I just, like I said, I just hope people don't change this. Use this trilogy fight as like a reason to like, oh yeah, Canelo was always better than Gennady. Like, <laughs> like I've 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 made it clear like on the show. Like I, people might think that I'm biased towards Canelo. I probably am a little bit, but just because like man, I mean, as a Gennady the guy's fan, really fucking good though. You he's really it. fucking good. I obviously can admit that. But like as far as like, if you get the benefit ten times out of ten, every single close decision you have in your career, it's like not even close decisions either. Because that first Gennady fight wasn't even fucking close. But whatever. I, um, I still got robbed of Mbakavu versus Canelo, man. I don't know why you want to see that fight so bad. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he lost to Bevel. It's just interesting to see what would have happened against Mbakavu. I guess so, but I mean, I'd much rather... Okay, so let's talk about Canelo moving forward, right? See, he's going to go ahead and... He said he can take some time off because he, he has to heal an injury, and he said that's why he gassed out this fight in the last fight as well. Watch um, him come back like a monster, dude. Like, watch him not even be wrong. That's a scary thought. That, that would be scary, but he said he wants, he's going to take some time off. He said he wants to go for Bivol again. That's respectable, you, though, dude. That yeah. is respectable, but... I mean... But there's another Mexican on the line, which people are sleeping on. David Benavides. No. Who? Ramirez, who's fighting Bivol. Oh, shit. No, I thought we were talking about 168. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be an excellent fight as well, but I don't... I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to get past Bivol. Dude, that's what everybody... Bro... If you know, you know. I'll be put it like this. Remember this conversation? When something goes down the night of, that's all I'm going to say. You think he's going to win? It's not out of the realm of possibility. I, did, I didn't say that it wasn't possible for him to win. I was just saying, like, I think, think, think B-Ball's going to end up Because it's not the night of. I don't need to give my pick right now. All right. Well, 
you can remember this conversation where B-Ball fucking tunes him up and, and, and getting a fucking decision win. That's that's what you think. That's, that's you think. I I think you'd be surprised. Angel's gonna fuck. I I I think, fuck I, I think I think you'd be surprised, Josh. I think when Bevo is on the ground sleeping with ass up, I think you'll be surprised. Oh yeah, we'll we'll see about that, bud. But um, I think, dude, yeah, and you're also gonna be surprised when Charles Oliveira submits Makachev. I will be surprised then. And Absolutely. when Deji sleeps Floyd, you're gonna be even more surprised. Oh, why'd you gotta bring that and, up? And when Jake sleeps, and when Jake sleeps, Anderson. You'll see, Josh. You'll remember this conversation. I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyways, man. Yeah. Um, Canelo, man, he's probably, like I said, going to fight B-Ball next, or I guess the winner of B-Ball versus Ramirez. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. I, I don't think he beats B-Ball. And, and he, I mean, he's challenging himself, though. you got to give him credit. No, and I give him no, no, no one else that. is doing what he's doing. And no, I agree. But at the same time, I think you should also, if you're going to keep on searching for 175, I think you got to vacate those 168 belts at some point. I'm just saying. Like, if he's going to take, sure, he I mean, take a they're, year they're off. Here and gonna ask him. He's going he's gonna to take a year off and then fight B-Ball. We're going to go, like, what, like a year and a half without a title defense at 168? Especially considering Benavides is right fucking there. I mean, I mean they'll they'll strip him. You know, you know those commissions don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just, I just didn't like. I guess it's because I saw like, did you see his post fight interview and his comments about David Benavides? Uh, I don't know if it was so much about him, but I remember he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't know, but I know his dad's talking shit. Yeah, and he especially said like, you know, he's, he hasn't really accomplished anything, and he's not a champion. Why should I fight him? And it's like, well. Can't be a champion. You have you have all the belts. One sixty eight. You're not fighting him. So it's. <laughs> hey man, um, but a lot of guys he, started lower weight classes and get championships in other weight classes. No, I see. I see what you're saying. But yeah, he did also clarify that because he said that he didn't want. He did not want to fight anybody from Mexico. Um, and somebody asked him about that. Like, would he fight Benavidez? And he's like, Yeah, I mean, like he kind of got pissed off about that and kind of trashed Benavidez. So I'm assuming he'd be down to fight him, just not now, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I can't really hate on Canelo not fighting Benavidez because it's like he's going to go fight either Bivol, Ramirez, or well, I guess technically better be he's going to be fighting Anthony Yard, which is <laughs> poor Anthony you know, Yard. Has zero interest in that one, but yeah, he'll fight one of those four guys next, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's probably out of time for us to move on to some news. And um, there was no bigger piece of news from this last week than Jose Aldo, the King of Rio. Signed to retire, man. Um, we kind of knew this was a possibility uh, if he was going to lose to Marab. He lost to Marab in just a very disappointing fight. Um, end up in high, that is going to end up being his final UFC fight, his final MMA fight. Um, he had one more fight on the deal, and apparently he wanted to go ahead and um, actually have one more. But I guess his coach went ahead and talked about it like a week or two ago. He's like, "Yeah, I I hope he doesn't. You know, I think I think it's time for him to call it quits." And um, he decided to. He ended up actually getting released from the UFC. Jose's always wanted to box or do some, you know, kind of, kind of similar to what Mighty Mouse is doing, do some, like, interesting matchups. And the UFC's always said no. Um, now he has that possibility to do it if he wants to. But as far as the make careers goes, it's done, man. Uh, give me your thoughts on Jose Aldo deciding to call it quits. And also, what is your favorite Jose Aldo memory from his uh, long time fighting in the octagon? I mean, to put it simply, man. You couldn't have asked for a better career, right? Let's just keep it 100. You know, like, mm. like someone said, if people seem to forget, there was a time before that Conor McGregor fight. There was a time before that knockout, that 11, what was it, 11 second, 7 second knockout? There was a time before that. 
where Aldo was king of the world, man. I mean, what was it? Almost a decade undefeated? Correct, yeah. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, that, that level of consistency, that pressure every night to need to have the need to win and have the will to win and want to win, that as a whole is a moment that any athlete, you know, is is just, you know, wanting. You know, that that's that's something I don't think he'll ever forget. And it must have felt so good to be that fucking guy for that long. Mm-hmm. And then after the defeat, kind of not being that guy, which credit to him for being able to manage that. I, I'd love to hear him talk about that era of time. I'm sure maybe there's some interview out there, but about that whole time, talk about his 10 years of dominance and then it being stopped in a matter of seconds and kind of like the aftermath and how mentally that affected him, how he moved on from it, because that's some true fucking resilience, dude. Uh, that's that's the, the mental aspect of fighting, and that is something that uh, people seem to not understand how big of a part it plays at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as moment, man, I mean that neon Chad Mendes. Uh, I think I saw it. He's uh, fighting WEC against Brown. Mm-hmm. I saw that a few nights ago. And uh, you posted a picture of it. I mean, him jumping into that crowd in Rio is a sick ass picture, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. that. And honestly, it breaks my heart that he's leaving right now because they were gonna do a card in Rio here to start next year. And I would love to see Jose go out there, fight his last fight, and win or lose, go out on a banger, give him a good matchup, Dominic Cruz, Frankie Edgar, whoever it may be, and uh, let it play out as it is, and be in front of his home crowd, retire the hype. The yelling, setting down the glove. I mean, it would have been a beauty, but you know, I, I think he is, is. He had a baby just born. Mm-hmm. He, he's. I think he's at peace with his decision. He knows he's not going to be chasing titles. He knows like, you know something. There's no point of one more. Let's just end it. Which is completely, yeah. re- completely respectable. Of course, and I think him having a, a kid probably influenced his decision a lot. Um, yeah, man. I mean, just him decided to make uh, decide to make the decision to call it quits now. It's disappointing, but I get it, and I don't blame him whatsoever. And I think that, um, you know, it is what it is in that regard. Because um, I think that he's always been a guy that was going to fight for titles, and he's not. Some some guys, you know, they they, they kind of either consciously or subconsciously make that decision where it's like, all right, I'm not going to be a champion anymore. I'm just going to have some fun fights. Jose was never going to be that guy. It was always championship or bust. And I think even at 135, he could be a champion, especially, uh, funnily enough, I think him against Aljo. Would be interesting because I think that's a match that's very beneficial for uh, Aldo. On if I'm being completely honest. At the same time, though, um, you know he lost and he didn't, he didn't want to have to go through the the, the trials and tribulations trying to get a title shot again. And um, I don't blame him for that. As far as my favorite Jose Aldo memory, it's essentially it's essentially take a pick. I mean, the guy's had incredible, like he had incredible knockouts. For like well over a decade, he had incredible performance for well over a decade. He's never not been a champion or in title contention for his entire entire career. And I'm glad that you brought up the thing about the McGregor loss because, in a way, my my favorite Jose Aldo memory is not a single isolated fight. It's not like one moment. It's losing to Conor McGregor, and I think in the fashion that he lost, there was probably five percent of fighters total. In either throughout MMA history, I'll put it like that. I think there's five to ten percent of fighters in MMA history that would have been able to lose to Connor in the fashion that Jose Aldo did and rebound in the way that he did. He did not cry about it. He did not stay and sulk and feel bad for himself. You know what he did? 
He lost to Crown Rigger. Six months later, he was back at beating Frank Yeager in his fucking prime, who just knocked out Chad Mendez to win back the belt. Guess what? And then, like, he moved on, and, like, he, he, dude, he was just so fucking good. Like, that is, and for him, like, what was it, 34 to drop down in a weight class, move down to bantamweight, and for him to become another title challenger there, that's fucking insane, dude. So, look, I mean, like I said, my favorite Joe's at all the moment. It's not like a single fight. It's that whole saga of him losing to Brewer, going through, like, that agonizing just moment. Like, a decade of dominance ruined in 13 seconds. That would destroy 90% of fighters. But it did not destroy Jose Aldo in his 30s. Becomes champion once again, drops down a weight class. Neither becomes champion again at another weight class. I mean, the guy is just, he, he's one of the greatest of fighters of all time. And uh, there's not much of a doubt about it. And so thank you, Jose Aldo, for the, I mean, 15 years of fighting that were just incredible to watch. From the WEC to the UFC. And uh, if he goes on to do boxing or whatever, whatever it is that he wants to do, uh, we'll be watching as well. So, yeah, man, thank you, Jose Aldo. Incredible fighter and the king of Rio riding off of the sunset. So incredible, incredible fighter and uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, but speaking of Brazilians, man, uh, this guy actually was retired. And we talked about him retiring, <laughs> what, four months ago? Hey, um, and being retired, staying retired. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Moraes having one of the shortest MMA retirements, which is saying a lot. Um, he pulled the Tyson he, Fury on us, Josh. He did. Uh, he retired a couple of months ago. Under tires, he, he got released from the UFC, and now he's going to fight in the PFL. Don't have too many thoughts on this one outside of the fact that I don't think it's going to go well for him whatsoever. <clears throat> but what do you think about this uh, decision for him to go ahead and return to competition and to sign with the PFL? I mean, look, I think the one benefit to it is – Maybe he doesn't cut weight, and he fights at 145 finally, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe that is the plan. I imagine. Nevertheless, though, we'll have to see it play out. With the amount of damage that he's taken, though, in recent time, the knockouts, it just doesn't seem like a good idea, man. But, look, for all we know, he comes back. The weight cutting was a big issue. Maybe, you know, being, you know sustaining, you know, maybe the, the why his chin maybe was taking the way it was, you know, and, and you know, Maybe he takes bigger shots and doesn't go down, and maybe he's a better fighter at 145. We don't know, right? A lot of things could happen. You could hope, but we'll have to see it play out. And uh, But uh, it's iffy because of the way his career was going at the end of the UFC. You know, it, that's mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah, because it wasn't just like Marlon was losing at the end of his UFC career. He was getting annihilated by virtually everybody he was facing. Now, granted, he fought the class of the division. You know what I mean? And, and some of those fights, he didn't look all that in. I mean, the Barab one, he nearly knocked him out. But, um, yeah, man, interesting decision. And I think people are going to be surprised at, um, I mean, I'm not sure how many times you're going to be surprised, but the PFL has some good fucking fighters. Just because you don't know them doesn't mean that they're not good. And we've seen a couple of these aging veterans. I almost feel like PFL is becoming like, you know, it's, it's, it's Bro, kind I of mean, becoming like old Bellator in a way. Kind of. But they're not getting them too old, though, because they just, dude, they just got Shane Burgos and Diego Santos, which for 205, like, being older isn't a big deal. Marlon, he's not old by any means, so they're getting them at an okay time, you know what I mean? And they're those names are pretty fucking entertaining, dude. Like, those are some of the most entertaining guys you could have got. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree to, to a degree, but there's also, like, Verdum, Pettis, Stevens... 
Now well, Marais. Well, you know, Verdum retired though, right? Verdum retired than unretired. He did a Marais. Who did a Tyson yeah. Fury? Man. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like this move, but it is what it is in in that regard. Look, because like I said, for all we know, it works. It could work. I mean, maybe he just doesn't. Maybe he stops cutting weight. He's not that old. Granted, he fought for a long time. He's not that old. I mean, it's not. It's not improbable for him to like make some sort of decent comeback. But we'll see what happens. Um, this next one, man. I don't. I don't know how the fuck to feel about this one. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is going to be fighting uh, either this Saturday or Sunday morning, depending on the time zone, in Japan against Mikaru Asakura and uh, Ryzen. That's not what we're going to talk about because. We've seen Floyd fight MMA fighters. He's going back to the well once again, Angel. Um, he's fighting a real boxer, Josh. He's fighting an undefeated professional boxer. Um, rising prospect, Deji the Tank, um, who's coming off his incredible knockout over uh, also undefeated professional boxer, Fousey, last month. Um, because, <laughs> all those fight, because those fights are broke. Holy fuck. That was just what, guess fun. what? He was undefeated. He was 0-0, you know? He was. He was. You're not yeah, wrong. so... Apparently, and this one's not confirmed yet. Uh, that 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 um, what is it? They're backed by Abu Dhabi, uh, I believe. Global Titan Fight Series, which is where Floyd Mayweather fought Don Moore earlier this year, his former training partner, and also Anderson Silva fought in the undercard. They're apparently going to do another event in uh, November, excuse me, and Floyd Mayweather will main event against Deji in an exhibition. Jesus Christ. And then also, here's, here's even better for you, Angel. Apparently, Tommy Fury, this one apparently not done yet, Tommy Fury is apparently in talks to fight Tyron Woodley in the co-main. Oh, fucking can't, dude. And then, and then, yes, and then, dude, this is all, this is literally broke right now, Angel. This is, this is a big YouTube boxing, YouTube boxing is, is going off lately, man. Because you know what? Dr. Mike. <laughs> the guy who beat, uh, what's his name? Uh, I does. I dubs. I dubs actually came back in the fifth round was putting it on. Guess what? <laughs> He's gonna fight Chris Avila on the undercard of um Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. What the fuck? So uh look man, what do you what do you think? What do you make of all these fights? Um funny, Chris Avila, the fucking MMA fighter. What the fuck? Yeah. So what do you think, man? Dude, what the fuck? I was trying to Dr. Mike, right? Like, what are you, Chad? Apparently, Dr. Mike's the guy. Apparently, Dr. Mike's been training in boxing for a long time, which is why he beat up Idubs and, you know. But Idubs had that dog and him, came back around five, didn't even complain whenever he got cheap shotted on the fake glove touch. I mean, you know. He's got that dog in him. Regardless, Dr. Mike going to be stepping in against Chris Avila, which is the weirdest creative matchup. I like the, like, if you told me this, like, a year, couple of years ago, I would never believe it. Like, that's so fucking bizarre. Um, but, by the way, yeah, if Woodley fights... fights are. By the way, if Woodley goes up against, uh, against Tommy and Tommy can't ice Woodley, what do you think? What do you mean? I don't think, I don't think it proves anything. Though. Like, he, he doesn't have a good performance against Woodley. Well, I mean, if it's been... Good performance is different than icing him, though. I think... Either, I think, either both, both, both. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna beat him. Easy. What if he doesn't? I'm just saying, if he doesn't. Well, then it's a pointless conversation, then. Because if, if he doesn't, then it's like, his boxing career is over. But really, his boxing career is pretty much over already. 
because he's. Not I, gonna... I, I'm getting at. Does that change what you, the kind of performance you think Tommy would have put it against Jake? Um, that's why I'm presenting the question. Oh, okay. Well, that that that's why. So that's how I was really confused why you weren't getting what I was getting at there. But no, it's I know, understandable. I yeah. Well, now now we get it. Um, would that change my perception? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, it, but I, I, it have to depend on how bad a performance is. Because quite frankly, I remember people arguing that like Tyra Woodley would beat Tommy Fury. I'm like, no. I think I think Tommy might even beat him worse than Jake just because Tyron does not do well, especially with any sort of volume. He already gasses out. He already doesn't throw any punches. And um, Tommy Fury, there's one thing he does well, and there's, it's really only this one. <laughs> he overwhelms guys. He doesn't give them a chance to breathe. He's always doing stuff. He's always marching forward. So I think Tyron's going to get fucked up, and I think people are going to be surprised. But I think I think he'll be surprised, Josh. I think what Tyron would leave. Think Tyron could beat him? No. Well, not can, but you think he, he will? No, I was just joking around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But Josh, uh, wait, when Tyra Woodley comes out here and I says Tommy Fury, you'll see, you'll see that Jake Paul's actually the greatest boxer on the planet, Josh. Dude, I'm almost, I'm, dude, I'm so close right now. Keep on going. Dude, he's the greatest boxer on the planet. He's going to fight Canelo. He's going to beat the son. He's going to fight Bevo and show that he's the GOAT. Dude, you don't, you don't get it, dude. These other boxers just keep on ducking him, all right? Jake, the problem child, future champion. I seemed yeah. to want to make weight because he was scared. He was scared he was of Jake. Scared, and Tommy Fury went back in time and became the drug, became friends of the, had his brother become friends of the drug kingpin, so he couldn't come into the U.S. because he was scared. <laughs> did you see something like that? What the fuck did that? Well, that's, come? Well, that's what everybody's they're saying. Oh, Tommy's scared to fight him. He couldn't come into the country because his brother was friends with Daniel Kinahan. <laughs> hey, they were acquainted. I mean, do we know they were friends? Yeah. Yeah, Ty Tyson. We I don't think Tommy even knew him very well. I mean, Josh, this is what. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. We'll get canceled if I say that. Continue. Yeah, apparently Tyson was good friends with him though. Okay. I think um, you know, like he even managed him for a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, it banned 600 people in connection to Daniel Kinnan. It doesn't. If you even knew that motherfucker, you weren't coming to the U.S. So I don't. I, I know. So okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I do not. Were, I do not know Daniel Kinahan. I, I no do not know Daniel Kinahan either. I thought it was I have, so dumb whenever he went ahead and people thought like, "Oh yeah, he's ducking." I'm like, like if you wanted to make the argument for the first time, I wouldn't even agree. But like for the second time, it's like, man, he literally can't even get in the U.S. It's like people were like, "Oh, just go get a visa." I'm like, dude, this is a fucking clearance issue. Like he's like he, he connected to a domestic terrorist. Even if that connection's small, that's not, he's not going to be led to the U.S. But regardless. Dude, it's um, the motherfucking government, bro. It's not. It's not customs. Yeah, and people people act like like, oh, just go get a visa. It's like, dude, Daniel Kinahan's not even just a drug dealer. He's a literal. He's considered a fucking terrorist because like, he he they've done some bombings on Ireland and shit. Like they he's a legit monster, dude. So, um, yeah, that was so dumb. But anyways, yeah. Um, as far as these three fights getting announced or not even announced, because you don't even know if two of these will happen, but it's looking like that. Um, interesting. That's all I gotta say. It's interesting. Um, Dr. Mike versus Chris Avila. I can't believe they made that fight. That's so funny. I can't believe they made that. That's so fucking funny, dude. But yeah, they announced that right now. But, um, yeah, man. Probably by the time we move on, though. Uh, next controversy is, um, The Rock. Yeah, we, we The Rock is a, is a known UC fan. He's talked about it before. I even seen, like, he was back at a fight back in, like, 2005. Or like, he, he's been around the game for a long time. He's been a long time fan. Um, 
The Rock actually has his own brand of, uh, of uh, workout apparel. I did not know until they actually made the deal with the UFC a couple months ago. But now they're actually having the fighters wear the shoes, and it's come out that they are not making any money for it whatsoever. Um, unlike other deals where, you know, Reebok and Venom, UFC fighters have made a certain amount. Not much, but they've made some money for wearing it. They're not making any money for having to wear the Rock shoes, and it's come under... He and his company come under a really big fire from a lot of different people, UFC fighters, Nate Diaz, Terrence McKinney was talking about it, and there was a couple other ones as well. What do you make of this whole thing, man? Um, I gotta admit, like I actually, I like The Rock a lot. You know what I mean? This is like this. He seems like one of those good guys. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not The Rock's fault. It, right? It's not entirely The Rock's fault, but as like uh, to be a fan and to watch this, because it kind of pissed me off too. Because this guy's been he's watched sport for a long time, man. Like, he and he and he's competed too as a pro athlete. Yeah, like he's competed like in uh, in football, and he's also he knows what because like people forget like dude like WWE is worse than the UFC in terms of like fighters getting paid for shit. They don't get paid for anything extra they do. UFC fighters get paid for some extra shit, right? So he knows what it's like to be an exploited athlete, but he uh, still not giving a single cut. And I hope this gets fixed soon. But what do you make of this whole thing? I get it, man. I completely get it. I get it on both ends because. I know The Rock doesn't have directly, but he could he could be a big uh, big change in that, right? Because obviously it's you know he and especially him who can at times can be a very outspoken guy and has a lot of power and as someone who you know obviously we're not going to get to politics or nothing, but he's talked about running as a politician, future like future that. president Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> what I mean? you know, we're not going to get into that. You know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know how people are about this. I, stuff. I don't think that like, we can hurt anybody's feelings. I don't think the Rock has said anything political outside of, "Oh yeah, I'm a rough president." Like, I don't, I don't know. know. You know, people thing. are people. Are, there's some people who are just offended by that idea. You know, you know, you know how the planet is, Josh. Yeah, I just, enough, I, I, I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it. Not not so much because that's how I personally feel, but just you know, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, though. You go know ahead. how people are. Yeah. But I mean, he, he could make a difference, right? But I, like I said, I get both sides. It, it would be awesome if they made like. You know, the rock bonus of the night, right? To kind of make up for that or make a deal where they get some portion of money like the other, you know, thing, uh, other ones do. Because, I mean, if they signed a deal, clearly they could probably do that. Obviously, the financials and all that, all the break, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know how that business side of that works, yeah. how, how money, how the money side of that all works. So it makes sense, right? That's a whole other aspect of things. That's something I'm not educated on. You know, at times, look, I can give you the simple opinion that I have, uh, I believe the fighters, if they are going to, you know, share something uh, with the people, a product, whether or not they like it or not, because it's not their choice in this case, should get some sort of benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that's a controversial opinion either. I think that um, I don't know, man. It's just it's. I think it's. I think it's pretty messed up. I think it is because it's not even just like they don't even have to get paid that much. Like I don't think. Like, because it's shoes, and they don't really have to wear them because they're fighting in a cage. But, like, and even make then, these guys wear the shit during fight week. They should be compensated for that shit. Like, yeah. imagine – can you imagine the NBA if this is a thing? Like, you have to wear shoes. Well, dude, you know, so, and, I league. mean, shoe culture and basketball are a massive thing. That's probably, like, a, let's let's use something – shoe culture is not a big deal in baseball. How about that? Yeah. Like, what would I know? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just kind of – Fucking crazy! It really is like for this because it's just embarrassing sometimes. I mean, for the UFC to be as big of a corporation because they they've grown in so many aspects, but like in terms of pay, it's just like it's fucking two thousand and eight over here, dude. Like, um, 
Actually, 2008 was better because fighters could wear whatever they wanted, and they'd get paid for sponsors from it. So it's just embarrassing. But, um, yeah, I hope this gets gets fixed soon. I think it probably will, considering The Rock. Like, I'm sure you probably didn't know about this whole thing, honestly. Probably, um, that's probably a more realistic thing, yeah. Because when you're, like, a fucking businessman, like, you probably don't – you're probably not involved with all the super inner workings. Because The Rock has a bunch of stuff coming. I mean – Fucking Black Adam's coming out next month, man. I'm psyched. That shit looks, dude, I'm, that, that looks like a fucking banger. Dude, I'm so fucking excited for that movie, dude. That shit yeah. is going to be. It's been a while since I've gotten a wreck from something that wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm also very excited. It's the first time I've been excited for, like, a superhero movie. Like, really excited. And I guess it's not even super isn't it, isn't it like, an anti-hero? Like, Villain, anti He's had his moments, but regardless. Yeah, he would know more than me. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for that. So, um. Yeah, anyways, to kind of get back to the original topic, I hope they fix this shit soon. But, yeah, not a whole lot to say outside of that. Um, la- Next up, Raul Rosa Jr. is going to be making his Dana White Contender Series. Already by the time you guys are listening to this, he would have already made his debut. But he's only 17, and it's become a bit of a, I don't want to say controversy, because I don't think anybody's too angry about it. But it's become, like, a, um, a bit of piece of news. Because, like, this kid actually had to go out and get, like, I believe, parental permission. He had to run through a bunch of different checks to get this fight. And to uh, get the contender series, he might be the youngest UFC fighter ever under contract if he possibly wins later tonight. What do you think about him fighting at such a young age and him ultimately uh, making his way on the contender series? You know, it's you know I'm going to dumb this down really simply. As a man, you have to respect it. You know what I mean? Because he's not a boy if he's making this decision. You know what I mean? I'm just going to be blatantly honest. If he's making this decision of going to Mexico, taking on these pro fights, and chasing the dream of being a professional, and the fact that he caught the UFC's eye somehow, and I've seen some of his fights. Kid has skills. Kid has good. He has a potential. He has a ceiling. He's finding out a good weight class too, where he he could do some stuff. And uh, yeah, you could tell he he's not a you know. Uh, there's some guys you see that are young that it looks like there's. Seeing, I mean, you could see there's a there's, there's there's a little hit of something special, but the only issue is he's young. He's not in his adult male body yet, and. In situations like these, Josh, I, t- I told you before we started the show, and I was talking to someone else. I think I was talking to uh, a family member, and I think I, I mentioned it to my dad. I was like, I feel like this goes one of two ways. One, he looks really good, competitive, you know, or just really good, or he gets extremely fucked up and hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any in between. Maybe. No, I... Maybe. I, there, I think that's the lowest percentage, though, like of it being like a back-and-forth crazy fight, slugfest, fucking... Mark Hunt, Bigfoot Silva, fucking ends in the draw type deal. No, I don't think it ends. Like, I don't think there's a possibility. Be like, it's either he is amazing, looks good, fucking next big thing. Not necessarily next big thing, but, you know, has a, has a big future ahead of him. Or two, he gets really fucked up and it was just too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see it going any other way either. I think this is, as much as I think it's kind of cool that there is, like, this kid that's this young fighting a tennis series. Like, moving past the fact that he's a minor, like, that's not really the problem. He's very clearly, like, not grown into his adult body yet. I'm not sure how I feel. Because, like, I, I agree. I, I went back and watched his most recent fight. And he looks like he has a lot of potential. There's a lot of skill there. But whenever you're this young, it's a little bit iffy for me. Like, he's very clearly has a lot of talent. I don't want to see that get destroyed by him getting into the UFC at such a young age. Because like, we've already seen guys like... Sage Northcutt is probably a good example, probably the best one as a guy who came in super young. But we've seen other guys over the years come in at such a young age, and they just get chewed up and spit out by the UFC. 
because they're not prepared for that. And I hope that does not happen here. But obviously, this could all be a mute, uh, like a moot point because he might end up losing like fucking later tonight. So, yeah. Um, but as far as the concept of him fighting at such a young age, iffy about it, especially in the UFC. But I mean, we'll I think I think the important thing is if he is to win, how what if he decides to give a matter of contract or develop developmental contract like they did for uh, Chase Hooper, which if they do, fucking great, right? Best case scenario. And on top of that, his team. His team being very smart and being like, hey, you're 18, bro. Take it slow. Yeah. He's about to turn 18 here in October. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. He's already overachieved. He's already overachieved. He's already done something that a lot of people at his age don't can't do, and that's know what you love and what you want to do and be Mm -hmm. right at the door of it and just being – Right there. Like, he's going to be – you know how many guys are in their 20s, like mid to late 20s, early 30s, who are hungering for a, a, an opportunity mm-hmm. to be in the UFC or in the PFL or Bellator or one, and this kid is getting it tonight? Mm-hmm. I mean, that shit – I mean, the pressure, I mean, everything, the training camp, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, man, that's a that's a lot for such a young kid to have to do. But um, it's we'll a see what moment, happens. Man. I think, it, it, I think, it, it could be a beautiful moment. No, I agree. And I think possibly like the best case scenario would be a developmental contract. I think that would be great for him. Honestly, I mean, I would love to see that. Maybe even like a Bo Nichols type thing where maybe he fights a contender series twice, or do the Greg Hardy route where they have him go fight in the regional scene on Fight Pass a couple of times. That'd make a lot of sense, but. Um, Perfectly fine as well. Yeah, so let's see what happens, though. But anyways, last topic of the day, Angel, you actually recommended this one. Uh, (laughs) Logan Paul, who we were under the assumption that he was probably going to end up fighting later this year. Um, He teased that. He teased us in a different way, though. I think this is what probably he was actually teasing. It could be, but uh, he's going to be fighting, but not in the boxing ring. We're in the MMA cage. No, in fact, he will be fighting in the pro wrestling ring. The real one. The real the real, one. real wrestling. Yeah, he's going to be uh, in the WWE ring. Um, he's going to be taking on – he's actually going to be getting a title shot in his third ever match. That's his historic on, right there. Uh, yeah, Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia in, uh, in uh, November, excuse me. So, um, yeah, Angel, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's cool, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I would have given honestly Roman Reigns. You could have named any other guy in the promotion, and I could have gave zero fucks. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't watched I haven't watched wrestling in forever. Yeah. But the fact that they're having Logan in there, and plus that Roman cut a really good promo. Yeah. I mean, he, they are they are building this up very well. Um. Which which is which is good because I don't like the way that they're kind of building this up. They had a press conference, which WWE rarely does, um, and they built it up pretty well. Essentially, the idea behind this one is like, oh yeah, like Reigns is probably going to beat the shit out of, him, but you know, Logan just needs one shot, he just needs one move, and that could be it. And I think that's an interesting way to tell it because they're not even putting Logan on the same level, which is very very smart. They're like, yeah, you know what? Like he could pull an upset. And quite frankly, there's nobody left around because Roman Reigns has been champion. If you guys don't follow WWE, he's been around. He's been champion since, I think, August 2020. Um, so, yeah, man, he's not lost in a, in a fat minute. He holds. What's the longest title reign? I think Bruno San Martino, but San Martino was champion was like eight years in the 80s. Fuck. 
I mean, I could be misremembering that, but he had a really that? long, yeah, he had a really long title reign, I believe. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Roman's not going to hit that. I think most people tend to believe his title reign is going to end probably, you know, next year, probably. Well, it's it's going to end in Saudi Arabia, Josh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? These, if you guys don't know, these shows are almost non-canon. Like, they'll happen, and then they'll just almost not even acknowledge them past the pay. Because it's like, they, they put them, like, in the middle of the day. Not a lot of people watch. Like, it is what it is. Um, and the Saudi, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia pays a lot of money for these shows. And I after that, it, Josh, he's going to call up Brock Lesnar. I, hell of a sell. You know what I would actually love? I think, I think Logan... I'm, there's so many ways you could do this. What I would do, and I actually, it's funny, because you and I talked about this with, with all the boys for the pay-per-view. We talked a lot about wrestling earlier this month. Which is so funny. Right? I, I even said, I was like, I'd be down for, like, a Logan U.S. title reign. I don't think he'll get, a like, a title reign anytime soon. Anytime soon. Here's what I would want. I would want somebody to interrupt this match and build for a Logan, like, a, like a, an actual program against somebody. Like, whether that be a champion or Brock Lesnar or something, like, this kid's already being thrown into the deep end. Let's use him. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, so. Yeah, I mean. Who would be your number one option? Oh, shit, dude. I mean, I'm trying to think. I think they're on different brands, so I don't, I don't know if it'll, actually, never mind. They're on the same brand. I want, there's this guy named uh, Gunther, and he's an Austrian guy, and he, I, I, I know I mentioned to you, but, um, like, off-air, you know. Uh, he had a match with Sheamus earlier this month, which is literally a five-star match, and he beat they beat the shit out of each other. He's one of the hardest-working guys in the business. He gives it as good as he fucking gets it, dude. Like, I want to see him have a match with, with fucking uh, Gunther for the... He's the Intercontinental Champion for the IC title. Let's go, dude. Like, those two guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, if you want to... Like, if you're going to get Logan Paul to respect the business, that's the best way to do it. If you want to get fans on his side... There's nobody who goes harder in the ring than fucking Gunther, dude. So, yeah, like that'll that would be fun. So that's that's ideally what I would want. But also, I think Survivor Series is, is going to be the pay per view after, uh, what's it called? Crown Jewel after Logan. Uh, maybe they do some shit where it's like Logan faces off against Bad Bunny or some shit because he's also a celebrity wrestler <laughs> side of the WWE, you know. So, hey, yo, Bad Buddy put it work, though, too. He did. He did. He was not as good as Logan, but they both had two matches, and they both been, you know, pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Logan's a fucking athlete, too. You know what I mean? No hate to Bad Bunny. Yeah, I mean, he, Logan has taken this, like, taken a pro wrestling better than any other person I've seen. It fits him so. so well. It does. So, yeah, man, I'm excited for it. A lot of people will hate, like, be like, oh, my God, it's like, oh, my God, it devalues the title. I'm like, dude. Who the fuck else? He's been champion for over two years. Who else is he going to face? It's a non-canon show, essentially. It's in Saudi Arabia. Nobody's going to watch it. It's really just because, like, the Saudi Arabia, they, they want celebrities. Saudi Arabia does for their shows. And this is, you know, like, how it's going to happen. So it, it really does not matter whatsoever. And But on the bright side, I know that these two are going to go out there and put on a banger of a match. So You'll see, You'll see a little bit of that title. <laughs> It'd be funny if it does happen, but as far as uh, the show goes, anything else we want to talk about before we close out? Will Josh, it's real wrestling. You're right. I mean, he's a, he's a former amateur wrestler, so you know he must be good as a pro. But yeah, man, anything else we talk about before we close out? 
Oh, nothing else, man. Uh, I had fun, man. I, I can't wait to be back. And I mean, we have combat back next week, right? We're, we're going to be back on track. That's going to be the Dern and uh, Yana card, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. Man, I can't wait to just get back to it. it, it like I said, it sucks, but it's always nice to come back. And before we know it, man, we'll have that pay-per-view in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, you know, we'll have the best card of the year. Exactly. And uh can't wait for that one. And I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm excited for uh, next week and honestly just some, some good comeback to come back to, man. Because no offense, but like honestly this show went a lot longer than I thought it would, but um yeah, man, I, I wanna see I wanna see like that fucking pay per view, man. The the wait for UC two eighty has been it's agonized. But um yeah, we'll get there eventually. As far as the show goes, I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Angelina underscore O one uh, at Quartz, I sound for all things related to the show. RogueEnergy.com, code SoundOff. You want to go, go ahead and get yourself some. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Peace and bug grease. Mouse click.